Hey, and welcome to the Humanity Church Podcast. So excited that you're here. We hope that you enjoy this week's talk and it really connects to your life in a meaningful way. If you're live in the Pomona area, we would love to have you at one of our gatherings at 10 a.m. or at one of our humanity groups that meet all throughout the week all over the city. If you want more information about our community, you can go to www.humanitychurch.com or download our app on your phone on Apple or Android. If you like what you're hearing here and want to continue to support the ongoing work at Humanity, you can text the word Humanity Church, one word, to 77977 and give back financially in just about 10 seconds. Hey, and here's this week's talk that was given live at our Sunday gathering at Humanity Church. Hello, hello, hello. God bless you all. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for being here. We've got some alumni from the Covering Church that are here. It's good to see you all alumni. Yes, the Covering Church about two years ago merged with Humanity Church, and we had a baby. It was a baby covering humanity, something, you know. Anyway, praise God. All right, you see this big word behind me? What's it say? Enhanced. I want to talk to you about this big word. If you let me just... Just let me share a little something about the word enhance. What do you think of when you think of the word enhance? What goes through your mind? What goes through? Because I immediately think of television. You say, what? Television. I think of back in the day, standard def. Then we went to HD, high definition television, enhanced. Wow, you know, and then you went to LCD, and then you went into OLCD, and, and then you went into 3D, and I mean, there's all kinds of things that enhance, like the glasses that I'm wearing, and some of you are wearing glasses too, it enhances your vision or you'd be blind as a bat. I mean, enhance does a lot of things. I mean, what does enhance sound like? There's an enhanced sound. I mean, back in the day, there was mono, where it just came out through one channel, mono, and then all of a sudden, stereo happened, and it was an enhanced stereo. Then we got this new thing called surround sound. How many had that in your house? Raise your hand. Don't you love it? I just, oh. And then you add the sub, and bam, and you're in a theater, and it's right there. Just, and then you got analog, and you got digital, and, the, and things just get enhanced each time we uh, advance in these different things. So what is spiritual enhancement feel like or look like or what is spiritual enhancement? Do you even take time to spiritually enhance yourself? I mean, take a look at this. Here's spiritual enhancement. Here's what it might be like. It might be, I love my neighbor as I love myself. It might be like, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. It might be, I'm above and never under the head and not the tail. Blessed when I go out and blessed when I come in. Ooh, that feels good. How might be like, I abide now in faith, hope, and love. Those are powerful words, man. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You, you heard these things. And, and also, I develop a new clarity with God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall what? See God. So the definition of enhancement, let's look at it real quickly. Intensify, increase, a further improved the quality or further improve the quality of value or even the extent of. 
So you get this intensify, increase. You see, for the past three weeks, Pastor Nathan, our pastor here at the church, has been doing a series on enhance and how to enhance our lives. And how many know that after this past pandemic and all the crazy things that have been going on, we need to enhance our lives. Some of us enhanced in different ways. I'm not pointing at anybody, but I know I'm wearing a big jacket that covers a multitude of sin. Hey, we got to laugh so loud. What's Anyway, Pastor Nathan wrote a book. It's called Enhanced, and it is a good book. It is a powerful book that he's doing this study on. And here's where it begins, and here's the verse that it starts at. 2 Peter chapter 1, looking at verse 5 through 9, it says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, Knowledge and to knowledge, self control. This is it right here. Thank you, Pastor Nate. Of all words I get to teach on is self control. What a blessing. I hope you're watching on the internet right now, and I hope that you know that this is not easy, but I'm doing it for you, brother, or for the glory of God. That's right, yeah. Amen. All right, check this out. Pastor Nate and the staff are out suffering in ministry right now in Cancun. (laughs) Suffering. They didn't invite us. Isn't that sad? What's up with that? And then they leave us with a word like, let's deal with self-control. You guys deal with it. We're going to Cancun. What? what, what? (laughs) Sorry, just let a little steam off. Let's read the rest of it, okay? Let's get back to the Word of God. Let's get back to the Word of God, okay? There's a lot of good stuff in here, so I don't want to miss anything for you, okay? I want to get you all. Here it is, all right. So to self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, mutual affection. And to mutual affection, love. I love it. See, there's, there's, a, there's a growth pattern here. Did you notice that? It starts out with faith, and then it moves on to goodness and knowledge and Self-control, it just, it builds till you hit the love factor, which is, I love that, that's awesome. For if we possess these qualities, these, this enhancement that comes upon us, if we possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from an ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them Whoever does not have them, whoever's not practicing them, whoever doesn't have the goodness, the knowledge, the self-control, and on, 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 it says this, watch this. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting they have been cleansed from their past sins. What does that mean? I'm nearsighted, I'm blind because I don't have what? And it says, because you forgot that you were cleansed from your past sins. What are sins? It's missing the mark. It used to be an archer term that they would tell you you would shoot your bow and arrow and you would shoot at your target and you let the arrow go. And if you missed, they would say, sinner, sinner. That's what it means. You ever know what sin means? It means you missed your mark. And we all have a mark that we shoot at. And here's what sin does. It holds you bound from hitting your mark. 
That's what the Bible says. We were all bound by sin. And it keeps you from hitting your mark. Then here comes Jesus with the grace and the love and the faith and the forgiveness over us. And therefore, the law of the lid, sin, is now broken. Boom. And we're able to enter into grace. Look at someone next to you and say, thank God for grace up in your face. Come on, tell them. Tell them, thank God for grace up in your face, man. It's that amazing grace. Uh Uh-huh. The phrase self-control, that phrase, self-control, literally in the Bible, it literally means the virtue of one who masters their desires and passions, especially his sensual appetites. (laughs) Think about that. This is the one who will master this area, your desires, your passions. What, what are some of your appetites? When you think about some of your desires, it probably means even uh, managing or self-control or self-discipline, even over my anger, my attitude, my temper, my bitterness, my unforgiveness, my payback attitude, you know. I had to deal a lot with this. I mean, I had a stroke back in uh, 2014, 2016, two different strokes. And boy, was I ticked off. I mean, literally, because I ended up with what's called um, the doctor's diagnosis as central pain syndrome. Let me just discuss this real quickly. Central pain syndrome is a chronic pain that is in your body. It never leaves. It's always there. On a one to, one to 10, they say 10 is the highest where you can't take it anymore. I started at a five every day. I tell my wife, it feels like somebody, because it's only on the whole left side of my body. It feels like, you know that tender spot you have under your, your arm right here? And somebody pinches it and they go, ah, it hurts, you know? I feel like somebody has pinched it and twisted it and stays there all day long. Now, if somebody did that to you, what would you eventually do? You'd say, stop it. Get off me. Get away. Ah! You know, it's like, that's what you want to do. And I, said, I told my wife, sometimes I want to run out of my skin. But God has been giving me new techniques on how to calm my booty down. How to begin to exercise grace and love. It has been a tough journey, but for two years, I worked on it. I worked on how to manage pain in my life. You say, wow, that's kind of crazy. For two years you've been doing that? Yeah. So this self-control stuff, it doesn't just happen just like that. It, it begins like that with the Holy Spirit that helps you, but it, it takes time to deal with some of the, the pain. Because in pain you get angry quicker. In pain you, you get sad. You get depressed, you get angry, you get, oh, Lois, oh, lonely me. You know, you go through all the woe is me factors. Pain will cause that. But grace <laughs> does another story. Love does another story. So my whole life had to change. It changed where I used to speak up and just yell and scream. And my wife, Melinda, man, she deserves an applause. She put up with me. For two years with that attitude. And one day she slapped me. No, I'm just kidding. One day. <laughs> some of you would like that, wouldn't you? <laughs> one day she just prayed with me and we just put it in check. Because God is amazing. 
Let me get back to the message. This past COVID year, our society has made a drastic change for the worse. Think about it. And the media promoted it. They are out of control, let's be honest. Our media, our society has changed drastically over the years. I'm praying it gets better, just like you are. We're praying people get better. But who does it start with? Michael Jackson told us. Michael Jackson was a prophet. <laughs> I'm just kidding, by the way. They're like, what? <laughs> Remember he said, the man in the mirror. Deal with that guy first. And if we deal with that person first before we say, oh, this person's got to be corrected, this group needs to be corrected, and that group is messed up, and these people are crazy, and this, before we go all there, let's start with the man in the mirror, with grace and love, like God's called us to do. The greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. It didn't say point at your neighbor and put him down. It said love your neighbor. Well, who is my neighbor? Oh, there you go in that biblical question of who is my neighbor? Everyone's your neighbor. Tell that person next to you, you have to love me. Tell them next to you, tell them, you have to love me. I'm your neighbor. You have to love, you command in the Bible. So some people are saying, well, is this the end times, Pastor Freddie? Is this it? Because, man, it sure seems like we're about to just, this is it, man. The Antichrist is coming, and what's going to happen if the Antichrist comes? And I mean, well, could be the last days. There's a verse here that talks about it in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. How many remember this verse? 1 through 5. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Does that sound familiar? Lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Sound familiar? Boastful. Proud. Abusive, disobedient to parents, hello, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self, there's that word, our word that we're working on, self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous and rash and conceited, lovers of pleasure. Hold on a second. Man, that's a crazy world out there, isn't it? In that crazy world, no, he's talking about Christians. He said, what? Yes. He's talking about people so-called Christians, so-called believers, so-called people with a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. He said, I never looked at that verse this way. I thought he was talking about how crazy the world's going to get. Yeah, it's going to get crazy, but it's going to start with people that so-call themselves as I know God or I'm a believer. That's pretty interesting when you think about that, huh? Look at someone next to you and say, that could be you. Tell them this. No, be nice, be nice, be nice. Don't start trouble. Right away you want to start trouble. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the form of a godliness but denying the power of its power, have nothing to do with such people. Wow. Have nothing to do with such people. Tell the person next to you, I can't hang with you anymore. I'm sorry. And just like, no, if they're doing all this list, then you're, you better chill out with them, you know? It's not something you want to connect with, really. Having the form of godliness, godliness, but denying the power thereof. What does that mean? Having the form of, oh, they go to church. Oh, they're a member. And they regularly have the form of godliness. Basically, they've got the label, but no power. Labels without power is really messed up. 
So sin means, sin means to miss your mark. And we've all missed our mark. We've all had go for our target. Ah, missed it. Oh, should have been loving there. Should have been kind. It should have been, I should have been, should have, should have, should have, should have, would have, and could have. And thank God for grace. Don't forget that. But if we don't grow in self-control, we will always miss the mark. If we don't grow in this self-control, we'll always miss the mark. If we are called to love others and we choose indifference, we've missed the mark. If we need to forgive and we don't, we've missed the mark. If we know that we should pray and we don't, we've missed the mark. So how do we get this self-control? Where do we pick it up at? There's got to be something that God gives it to make it like an easy button. Give me something, God, because this is so difficult. Well, let me tell you, it is easy and it is hard. You say, what? How can it be both? Watch this. It's given by the Holy Spirit. In Galatians 5, 22, verse through 22 and 23, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit, everybody say fruit. I, I got a tree outside in our backyard. It's a big orange tree and this um, exotic pear tree. Really cool. The fruit. Okay, so think about that. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and there's that word again, ding, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Against such, there is no law. You ever wonder what that part meant? Against such, there is no law. In other words, against such people that live by the Spirit, they're not living by the law of sin. They're under grace. So get back into grace. Quit trying to work it and make it yourself like, I'm going to be good. I'm going to put mind over matter. I'm going to use my willpower, and I'm going to be amazing. No, 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 no. You're you're trying to do your own righteousness. It's not going to work. Trust me. The best of you righteousness, the Bible says, is filthy rags. So take time and enter into grace because against such, there is no law. Law makes you feel ashamed, makes you feel guilty, makes you show you what you cannot do. But I can do all things through Christ, through his spirit. Our connection with the Holy Spirit allows us naturally to produce good fruit. Are you producing good fruit lately? You can tell a lot by trees that are healthy trees and those that produce quality fruit. Some trees don't produce good fruit because they haven't been fertilized. Everybody say fertilized. The Greek word for fertilized is poo-poo. Everybody say poo-poo. See, you know Greek now. Okay, let's go on. So. <laughs> Here's a good story here, quick in Luke chapter 13, verse 6, says this, and check my time. Oh, I'm doing really good. Oh, I'm a good Christian. Here we go. All right, let's go on. Luke 13, verse 6 through 9 says this, then he told this parable, Jesus. He said, a man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years, how long? Interesting. I wonder how long God puts up with us or people put up with us or I'm just curious. For three years, now I have been coming to look for fruit 
on this fig tree and I haven't found any. Cut it down. Woo. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, and the man replied, leave it alone for one year, for more, for, for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then we'll cut it down. You know, sometimes life gets a little stinky around us. And it's that stink that allows, that God sometimes allows to come in our life. There are stinky situations, stinky relationships, stinky challenges. This is the fertilizer coming around you. And it hits the fan. Woo, watch out. Check this out. When it gets a little stinky, that's sometimes God trying to fertilize you. Because it's in those tests that we take with people and relationships that cause us to grow. See, everybody wants us to be around the perfect people, the nice people. I want all my friends to be nice. I don't want anybody to give me any drama. I don't want anything from anybody. Well, that's a paradise that only exists in heaven. Because you can't even do that with your own relatives. You can't even do that with your own co-workers. And don't think you're going to find it in church that everybody's going to be perfect. Because you're not perfect. So therefore, we enter in a stink fest. The person next to you may smell more than you right now. Just lean over and go. <laughs> Maybe they're going through more challenges than you. Maybe they need more growing than you. Maybe it's their season to grow rather than you. But nevertheless, sometimes the fertilizer has to be put around us so that we can grow. Either that or we get cut down. And I don't want to be cut down. So grow. Do the right thing. Everybody say, do the right thing. It's important to grow. Matter of fact, in James chapter 4, verse 17 says this. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. If you know the right thing to do it and you don't do it, God says, there you go. There's your sin. It's like an old quote from a genius man. It says this. Listen to this quote. Information without application brings no transformation. Information without application. In other words, you're not applying what you're learning. You're just listening to it. Information without application brings no transformation, but information with application brings transformation. Yes. The guy that quoted that, his initials are P.F. Cool guy. Good guy. The kind of guy you want to just give him your car. Give him your home. Give him the keys to your house. That kind of guy. Pastor Freddie. I like that guy. <laughs> Notice God asks us to control ourselves and not other people or circumstances. Pause on that for a second. Notice God asks us to control ourselves. Because basically overall control is a farce. To think you can control anything Outside of yourself, it's a farce. 
Like, I'm going to control the world I live in. Baloney, there could be an earthquake tomorrow. There could be a storm tomorrow. You can come down with a disease tomorrow. I mean, there's so many things that we think we can control. I'm going to control my kids, and they're going to shut up. Nope, they got louder. <laughs> I need Jesus. Yes, you do. So the one thing that God does ask us to control, because he's given us the power of a free will. I can will to do it. I can will not to do it and not do it. But I need God's help. I need his grace to empower me to do things that I feel like I can't do. That's why one of the fruit of the spirit is self-control. God knew we would need that fruit. God knew we would need to bear that fruit. And in order for us to bear it, we need to get with Holy Spirit. Stop using all the, well, let me read it this way. It says this. When we let go of controlling others and focus those energies on controlling ourselves, we are free to love and to be loved. Did you catch that? When we, when we let go of all that energy of trying to hold and control this person and trying to control this and trying to control that, we let go of that and we just go, God, I'm going to work on myself, the man in the mirror. I'm going to work on myself. Yeah. Then guess what? You're able to be loved and you're able to love that is awesome. Look at someone next to you and tell them, control yourself. Just tell that. There you go. And say it in a nice way. Say it in a nice way. Self-control keeps you aligned with a future you have envisioned. Every envision is a good future, but self-control helps you stay aligned with that. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For the Spirit of God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and in some versions it says sound mind. In other versions it says self-discipline. Think about that, self-control. You know, when you look at those words, you cannot have power and love without self-control. You can't have it. You can't have say, I got power, then your power is out of control. I got love, your love is out of control. You got to have power and love with, with self-control. And when you start working with that, then God changes things drastically. God does not want to make, to take control over your life, rather put control, discipline in your life. Did you catch that? There are a lot of times we think, I just think God wants to take control of my life. He wants me to do everything. Hold up. God's trying to put control in your life. He's trying to put order in your life to get rid of the disorder. How many like to get rid of some of your disorder? I sure would, man. I sure would. Got about 10 pounds of disorder. Okay, maybe 30. All right, shut up. You can't. What are you, such judgy people. Judgy, man. Just judging. Maybe You've been desiring answers to some of your personal challenges. And I want to take you serious right here, just for a little second. Areas like that you're challenging your family, family unity. There's no unity in the family. There's only discourse, arguing, yelling, and all kinds of other craziness. Maybe you haven't been even talking to some of your own family, your relatives, your friends. The relationships have changed drastically and you wish, God, help me with this. I just want to get my friends back. Financial problems. 
financially, you're saying, God, I just, I can't make it. It's going to get worse. Lord, what, what am I going to do? Maybe your physical problems, like you need healing in your body. And you're just like, I can't take this anymore, God. And maybe security in your future. You look at the future and you learn, it's not secure. I, I, I don't know what to do. And God's going, I got you. Your faith. Some of you come here, maybe you haven't been in church in a while, and you're saying, man, I, I just, my faith is, or lack of faith, it just, it just changed. And I used to go to church all the time, and I used to connect with God, and things aren't the same anymore. And just, and you really need a, a change in your life. You really need self-control. You need to get back to that self discipline and that order that God wants to put in your life. It's like God wants to pour his grace on you and enhance your life. Would you let him today? Would you give him a moment? Those of you that are watching online, would you give God a moment in your life to bring some enhancement through his spirit? We've tried so hard I got to admit something to you. Those first two years after my stroke, it wasn't two years of solid work that I worked on myself. It was a good months before I finally realized I got to give over to God. My pride had hit me that I wasn't in control like I thought I was. My emotions hit me that I felt people were starting to abandon me and I felt lonely. I couldn't walk. I sat up in my room on a, a recliner chair and just stayed there all day and busted orders at my wife, losing our relationship to where it was, taking it to a next level down, not up. It took time to, to humble myself and just say, God, I'm sorry. I need your grace, even in this situation. It would have been really easy to say, God, why did you do this to me? Why is this being done to me? Like many of you do sometimes. You get out of work and you hit the steering wheel in the middle of traffic and you say, why me, God, why me? God's grace is so beautiful. He loves you so much. He said, oh, Freddie, I keep hearing that. Hear it again and let it in. Because once you yield, the Bible says God gives grace to the humble. So when you're humble, the grace comes to you. What is grace? The unmerited favor of God. When you have God's favor, man, nothing can be against you. It also means the power to get out of sin. In other words, the power to get over yourself, to get over the problems, to get out of the, 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 the mishaps that have come against you, your faults, your failures. Grace is a powerful word. It's gonna help you with your self-control. This enhancement thing that we've been on, it is amazing because God wants to enhance you in every area of your life if you'll just give him a little time. 
Give time of yourself, time of your day for prayer, to read your Bible, to talk to God, to make it to church, not just for a special event, but to make it to church as much as you can. You say, you know what, Freddie? I found out I can watch church on television, and this is for those of you, and I'm not putting you down if you're watching church on television, because sometimes we have many different reasons of why we need to, but there are those of us, some of us can make it to church but we say, no, 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 I can watch church on television because God talks to me at home. Yes, he does. But there's something about being with this crazy body of Christ. How do I grow if I don't meet her and I don't meet her and I don't get tested by him and tested by him? And I, how am I going to grow? I'm going to sit in my house and just say, God, help me grow vicariously. Like I'm going through trials and tribulations. No, people bring that. People sometimes are the stink, the fertilizer that get around you and cause you to grow. So if I'm causing you to grow and I'm being a little stinky on you, please. Some people say, I don't need your fertilizer, Freddie, right now. I don't need that in my life. It's going to cause you to grow. Would you do me a favor? Bow your head and close your eyes just for a minute. God wants to pour his grace on you to enhance your life. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for watching today. It means a lot to me. But it would mean much more if you would make a decision today to say, I want to follow Christ to the fullest. When Jesus came to his disciples, he said the words, follow me. Those words are powerful words. That means align yourself with me, connect with me, and follow and do what I say to do. So every time Jesus comes to us, he says these words to your heart, follow me. And some of you may think, see, there he goes. He's trying to take control. No, 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 wait. You've been lied to. He's trying to put control in your life. He's trying to put order in your life. Just take a moment and just watch him. He loves you and he's out for your betterment. He's not trying to mess your world up. And if you take time to pause more in your day and just talk with him, He'll lead you. Now, say this, this, this word with me. Say, Holy Spirit. Okay, there's your friend that you may have never met before or talked to. The Bible calls him a helper, a comforter, an advocate, a standby. The Holy Spirit is the one that Jesus has placed over your life to help guide you and lead you and bring things to your remembrance. All you got to do is say, Holy Spirit, help me today. And he'll give you ideas and thoughts that'll blow your mind. He will heal your relationships, heal your finances. He will give you ideas that will just say, wow, I didn't even think of that. No, because Holy Spirit wants to lead you down the right path. And it may involve growth. And that's okay, because we all need to grow. 
as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, if you'd like to say, Pastor, I want to enter into this enhanced life. I want to grow with Jesus. Would you just raise your hand and put your hand back down? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hands all over the place. That's amazing. Anyone else will say today, Pastor, I want to change and I want to grow in my life. I don't want the troubles that I've been creating. I want to be able to put control into my life. I want to let God do that. I want to follow Jesus. Is there anyone else? Great. God bless you. I see your hands. Amen. Just stay there just for a second. You online. I want to talk to you online. You personally. Listen to me, my friend. Today is an important day. You did not watch this by coincidence. God knew you'd be sitting right there watching this program. And it's presence is coming into your room right now and he wants you to connect with him a relationship that'll change your entire life I speak to you now my friend listen to me self-control is part of the fruit of the spirit It'll come natural to you when you lean to your spirit, man, not your flesh. But when you lean to the spirit, it'll just come natural to you. Right now, if you like Jesus to come to your life, maybe you don't even know this, Jesus. Maybe you tuned in by accident. No, it wasn't. But maybe you tuned in and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior and you'd like to dedicate your life. Maybe here in this church, you may want to rededicate your life or dedicate your life to Jesus. Then I want you to do me a favor. I want you to say this prayer with me. It's going to be a, a double-packed prayer, a prayer that covers that self-control area that God wants to grow in our life, connecting with the Holy Spirit, and giving our life to Jesus Christ and make him Lord and Savior of our life. If you'd like to do that in this room today, would you just raise your hand? Come on, you want to pray with me? God bless you. God bless you all over the place. Yes, you online, take a moment, pray this prayer. Bow your head and close your eyes. Repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus. Say it again. Dear Jesus, I come to you today. I need you in my life. I need self-control. There's areas in my life that are out of control. But I believe your spirit, your Holy Spirit, can come inside of me and cause a change and to bear fruit of self-control. I ask you now, Holy Spirit, change my life. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died for me. I believe that your spirit, your Holy Spirit, can fill me now. The presence of the living God inside of me, making changes, causing me to become new, a new creature in you today. Lord, I thank you for your love. I thank you for the forgiveness of all my sins. I know you've seen them all. 
And Holy Spirit, I submit to you. I want to follow your leading. In Jesus' name, I am saved. I am filled with the Spirit of God. And I'm brand new. So I'm enhanced. Now, in Jesus' name, amen. Good Lord, clap on me. Come on, yeah. Yes. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Humanity Church Podcast. We hope that this was a meaningful experience and we look forward to connecting again next week for another conversation around what it looks like to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope. Again, for more information about Humanity Church, you can visit us online at humanitychurch.com. And if you want to support the ongoing work here at Humanity Church, including this podcast, you can give online in about 10 seconds by texting the word Humanity Church, one word, to 77977. Thanks and have an amazing week.